Welcome to Sunday's Lesson with Lane. In this podcast, we will listen to Lane Brown's sermon this past week at the Chandler Street Church of Christ in Kilgore, Texas. We hope this message blesses you as you strive to grow closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, it is wonderful, like I said earlier, to see each of you here. And uh, it's just a blessing whenever we get back to this this more of a normal life. And and it's hard to be away from your church family. Uh, Thank you that are still online with us. I know there's probably about half of us that are still online. And and we love you guys. And and we're ready for the time whenever we can all be back together. But it does feel wonderful just to be with each other uh, in person. And uh, I'm just so thankful that God also allows us to have this this mode of... uh, of of uh, how we can do worship online with, with you guys, and that kind of sustained us for the last two, three months. So as I was thinking today, or throughout this week, I started thinking about who here, like me, likes hidden surprises? Hidden surprises. When I think of a hidden surprise, I was trying to think of this, and, and one of the things I was thinking of was whenever we first were looking for our our house, we looked online, and there was um, it, it had everything. It was the right location for us, basically right in between uh, where the kids were going to school and Mary was going to work, and and here, and uh, everything was pretty nice. I liked the bedroom layout, and there was this there was this bonus room that we couldn't tell if it was a bonus room or if it was a bedroom. Um, but we thought, well, it's good to have an extra guest bedroom. Well, we walked in the house. The house was the right price for us. And as I walk into the bedroom, I look, and on the bedroom, there was a door to the, to the left and a door to the right, and on the door to the right was the bathroom, but I didn't even know. They didn't even put pictures of this, but the door to the left was a whole extra room onto your bedroom. And I thought, that was, that's a nice little place to put an office or a study, but what I really want to do one day is one of these little secret doors that no one knows. I don't know. I have nothing in this world to really hide, but I love the idea of these secret doors, right? But go into this wonderful room. And in the back room, we looked in the house, and there was not just a bonus room of the house, but there was a whole extra bedroom. It was pretty neat. If you're like me, you like these little surprises. And so we already wanted the house before we even looked at it. And then when we saw it, we thought, well, like, yeah, we definitely want this. And, and we, love, we love that house. I want you to think about something that is special in your Christian walk. But it's something that's almost a hidden gem. And that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we, we've heard about it. Jesus tells us that this is something even more important to, for him to leave so we can have it than him to be here on this earth. But it still seems so mysterious to us. What is this thing? And how long has the Holy Spirit been in this world? Last week we started talking about creation of the world and how Jesus Christ was with the world and it was through him that everything was created. But what was neat in Genesis chapter 1, it only takes two verses to get to it. 
And we see that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was here from the beginning as well. In Genesis 1, verse 2, it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the, in, the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The earth. How God describes it in Genesis was formless and empty. There was no life over this earth. As a matter of fact, if you read books on science of how the earth was, was created and everything like that, we know that it was created through God, but they say it was just chaos. That's what I talked about last week. And it wasn't a place that could inhabit life. But who was there? The Holy Spirit dwelled, hovered over the deep. And most people back then didn't really understand what the ocean looked like at that time. But if you've ever gone scuba diving, I have, and you've looked, there's the, if you've ever gone scuba diving, you'll see that there is a reef off of the land, and then all of a sudden there's just an edge. You've seen Finding Nemo, something like that, where they'd go off to, to look at the It's scary. And what the Bible is trying to tell us there in Genesis is, in this scary land where he talks about darkness and he talks about the depths. In Revelation, it will talk about the abyss. Who's there? God. God is over there and God is, in, God is able to be there despite the emptiness because God knows that he is going to give life to us. And that is where the Holy Spirit is. It's there to give us life. And so we see the, the Spirit and we see God walking with his people in the, in the Garden of Eden. You see them walking with God and talking with God. But as time goes on, man starts to get more and more corrupt. Man lives a life in violence. Matter of fact, the Spirit is there and it's trying to show that there's protection for him. Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32 says, In a desert land he found him, in a barren and howling waste he shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them, and he carries them aloft. Moses in this song, he's talking about Jacob in this song, but he's telling the Israelites as they're wandering through the desert, God is there. God is there to protect them. In a desert, who could survive? There's no water, there's no food. But God, through his spirit, is protecting his people. And yet, so often we don't want that protection. Or we choose to go somewhere else and look for protection in other places. In Genesis chapter 6, verse, uh, verse 5 and 6, this is right before it talks about the ark in Noah. It says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they had thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them, and he put them on the earth. It broke his heart. That's a creepy picture, right? Hopefully I don't scare people. But that's what man decided to do. Every bit of their heart was looking for corruption, 
was looking to destroy peace. And it absolutely broke God's heart. This past week, I was just looking and, and reading the news. I try not to watch the news too much because it just... Uh, It'll start to start to really affect you, I think. I want to watch enough just to just to see what's going on, get a temperature of the world. And I was having a hard time sleeping this week as I looked at the fact that God's children are fighting. There's no peace in the world and, and they're struggling over different things. And I think all of us just want peace. God gives us this answer of peace. God gives us this Holy Spirit for peace, but we choose to look in other ways. So what does God say to at this time? It says, the Spirit of the Lord, and the Lord said in, in chapter 6, verse 3, my spirit will not remain with mankind forever because they are corrupt, and their days will be 120 years. Can you imagine as a parent seeing your kids fight. It bothers you, right? It's, it's frustrating. But what if you saw your kids really hurting each other? That's what God was seeing. He was breaking his heart. He had this perfect world that he created for us. And we chose our own wickedness. And God said, my spirit will no longer contend with man. And so God could have decided at this time to just get rid of it all. Just destroy the entire earth. Destroy this creation that was just lived to be corrupt. Lived to fight with one another. Or he could come up with another plan. And this other plan he came up with was going to be sacrifice on his part. Matter of fact, the one that created the earth with him, Jesus Christ, through him, all things were created. God was going to have to send him to this earth to die for us, to be the sacrifice for all of our corruption so that we could have the Spirit dwell within us. And in order to do that, God had to send his Spirit, and he had to, he had to create a pathway for his Son to come. And so he did that by creating a family through Abraham. And through that family, it created a nation and God's people. And God would send his spirit on these people. In Judges chapter 3, you'll see, you'll see stories where God sends his spirit on people. In Judges 3 verses 9 through 10, it says, but when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. The spirit of the Lord came upon them. In Judges chapter 6, he talked to a band director. <laughs> Basically, that, that was Gideon, who was going to blow the trumpet, right? Gideon was kind of, a, kind of a nervous sort. He wasn't a warrior. But in 6 verse 34, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abyssalites to follow him. God would choose individual people to put his spirit on and to lead his people through so he could create this path to give his son. And the people of Israel would see the spirit of God. They didn't have the spirit dwell within them because they didn't have the holiness 
that it took to have the Spirit within them. Matter of fact, no one really did. But in Exodus chapter 40, verse 36 through 38, it says, Now whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it was lifted. And the cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the days during the day, and at night a fire glowed inside the cloud, so the whole family of Israel could see it. This continued throughout their journey. The Spirit was there to guide them, to show them that God was still among His people, but they weren't holy enough to have it dwell within them. In Hebrews, the author of Hebrews explains a little bit of why that was. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7, it says, But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which was offered for himself and for the sins of the people he committed, the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit, it was showing by the by this, and the way to the most holy place had not been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. Do you get the image that the Hebrew writer is telling us? That the Holy Spirit was there, it was above the temple, but there was a holy place. It was called the Holy of Holies. And you could only come a certain distance to the tabernacle, to the big to the tent, to be in the presence of God if you were a man. And then you could go into this other little room and you could, you could, you could advance a little bit more into, into this place if you were a priest. But only the high priest could come into the Holy of Holies and only once a year and only if they had blood. A sacrifice had to be made. Sometimes we still live in this mindset that we have this tent that keeps us from God. The sacrifice that was made was Jesus Christ, and we, we know about that now. We're living 2,000 years into this promise. But so often we just make up the laws of men, and we look at how good we are, and, and only if we're good enough we can walk in, into, into God's presence. But that's not what God's saying. God's telling us right there in Hebrews, he's saying, you're putting a tent up. You're staying back because you don't understand the grace of Jesus Christ. Through him, whenever we give our lives to him, whenever we die to him in baptism and are raised with him, we've gotten this forgiveness and we get this gift of the Holy Spirit. And it allows us to approach God. That's why when Jesus was crucified, what happened in the temple? The curtain was torn in two from the Holy of Holies, allowing all men to be able to come and approach our God. So what is this Holy Spirit? What does it do for us? One of the things I like, it's a, it's a story about Moses, and it's, a, it's kind of funny in, in some ways, but it's also something that we struggle with all the time, I think. Moses is wandering around in the desert, and the people are complaining. God's sending them food every day in this form of manna. 
right? Food from heaven. And he's giving them water to drink out of the rocks. But the people are still complaining. What do they want? They want meat. I'd probably be one of these people, right? You'd probably be one of these people. <laughs> In chapter 11, verse 10, it says, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. And the Lord began, became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. God's given them food. He's allowing them to survive in the desert. He's showing them that he's, he's their guide as he sends the Spirit in the cloud in front of them. But they're not happy. Is that us? <laughs> we all complain. God's probably blessed each of us to be able to sit here in, in air condition. Can you imagine having to have worshipped Back in the uh, in the fifties, with no air conditioner, or, or before that, I don't know when air conditioning came. Somewhere, that's one of God's greatest creations, right? Especially in Texas, we complain. And he asked the Lord, "Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? What did?" What do you tell, why did you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land as you promised an oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing. Give us meat to eat. I can't carry these people's burden by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I found favor in your eyes, do not let me face my own ruin. Is Moses really asking for God to kill him? It's better than dealing with the people complaining? You've probably been there. I've been there. If you're a teacher, you've probably, you probably looked at your, your students. You're like, I'm just trying to help these kids learn. Right, Holly? <laughs> Samantha, yes? And they're complaining about learning. You might be a church leader and you're trying to do everything you can to, to glorify God as good as you can and the people are complaining. That's people. I might be one of the people you're complaining about. Right? You might be one of the people I'm complaining about. Each of us in our mind, we're always right. But we're complaining. And it's tough. Do you think there's people complaining in this world right now? Absolutely. There's city leaders and, and state leaders and country leaders that are, are looking around saying, what can we do? I don't think the answer is going to be found in any law. God does give a little bit of the answer right here. In verse 16 it says, The Lord said to Moses, Bring 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people, have them come to the tent of meeting and they, that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it all alone. What does the Spirit of God do in this instance? The Spirit wasn't available for, for everyone. God had to place it on them. And so God realized that Moses can't do it alone, and so he puts it on 70 of the elders 
of the tribes. He helps them share the burden. The Holy Spirit it comes upon us to share the burden of this world. We as the church have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what is that for us to do? It's to help bring peace to this world. This world needs peace. And this world needs a message from the church showing us that there is peace through Jesus Christ. Jesus made, uh, we've had the last few weeks, we talked about how uh, it, it's, it's, not about, it's not about your race. It's not about your, your background. It's not about where you came from. Jesus offered this life, this eternity for all. That's why I had the, the message on, come share the bread. And yet we still argue about this in our lives. The world is still trying to accept a, a message of corruption instead of a message of peace and love and a message where Jesus Christ offers to every one of us. And that message has to be given out by God's people. That's what he showed Moses. He said, let me give this spirit to more people so that you can get peace in this world, peace for his nation. So the church needs to share the burdens together of this world. The church needs to come together and realize that the Spirit of God is in us, and that Spirit should give us this peace. The Spirit should give us the knowledge to talk to people about Jesus Christ. The Spirit should give us the, the, uh, the boldness to go and proclaim the good news of Christ. That's what we're talking about Wednesday, how we do it, but we need to have boldness to go and talk to our neighbors, talk to our family members. Talk to our coworkers. Talk to our fellow students about the good news of Jesus Christ. Because the difference between the Old Testament of God's Spirit coming upon you and now is God would only send His Spirit on certain people and He could even take that Spirit away from them. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14, it talks about Saul and how Saul was given the Holy Spirit whenever he was whenever he, he was, uh, became the king, but he had his own evil, greedy desires, and he, fought, he chose not to follow what God said. And so in 1 Samuel 16, 14, it says, Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit came from the Lord and tormented him. Those are hard verses for us to understand because we're not living back then. That's what the promise is so great. That's why Jesus Christ was so wonderful because... God doesn't just take that spirit away from us. When we mess up, there's forgiveness. But we've got to pray to God and we've got to let that spirit work in our life. We can't allow it to cloud our judgment. Jesus, like I said in the very beginning, John chapter 16, verse 7 says, But in fact, it's best that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus went to heaven, and he left this earth. But it was better, he says, than having Jesus Christ here on this earth because he's giving us what it says is the advocate. Your version of the Bible might say the counselor. Or it might even say your helper. What's an advocate? Someone that stands up for you and helps you. What does the Holy Spirit do for you? It provides help in your life when you're struggling it helps you understand the scriptures as you're reading through it. Understanding how deep and how beautiful these scriptures are for us. 
It helps us to understand who God is. And it helps us to live a righteous life. See, this gift is for everyone who wants it. But there's a catch. Just like the Hebrew writer said, in order to approach God, blood has to be brought. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to bring Christ, Christ's blood in your life, and we do that through baptism. We're baptized into his death and raised into, into a new life with him. And that blood offers us forgiveness, and that blood offers us this gift of the Holy Spirit. And this gift is offered to each of us today. We just have to choose to do it. It's not like in the Old Testament where God would pick leaders because God's plan was for all of us to be able to have it. We can't continue to live like the Old Testament where you could only go so far and you put up a tent of the tabernacle that keeps you away from God. God wants you to come in. He wants you to accept this. And if you've accepted that, that uh, spirit, God wants you to go and pray to him. Pray to God and allow the spirit to work in your life. Listen to it, helping you become more righteous, helping you become more godly, helping you read, your, read the scriptures and seeing where God's talking to you, helping you to bring peace to this world. The Spirit is available to all of us. We just have to accept it. If you need to accept that in your life today, you can be baptized into Christ. You can accept that gift of Jesus' sacrifice or maybe you've already done that and you just need the Spirit to help give you boldness and you need prayers of the church to help you be, become bolder in, in reaching others and being an instrument of peace into this world. Whatever you need, please come while we stand and sing. Thank you for joining Sunday's lesson with Lane. I pray you are blessed by this message and that you will join us next week as we dive into the encouragement God gives us in his word.